We're going to start in a second. Tyler's, Tyler's on his way, and then we'll get started. Oh, shoot, I'm here. Hi, Tyler. Hi. Pastor Tyler. It's weird, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> not used to that just yet. But anyways, hi, welcome to our second episode of Crossroads. Uh, this is a podcast where we just talk life, faith, and uh, the nuances of the Christian walk. Because of anything that God's blessed us with, it's the ability to converse. Today, I have my guest, Josh Parker, here. Why don't you t- tell the crowd a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Josh Parker. Um... A little bit about me, I'm a college student, 18 years old. I just started, a freshman in college. Um, I go to Kettering University and I co-op at Borg Warner, which means I work for three months at Borg Warner as an engineer. And then I go back to school for three months. Uh, I was raised in church, my dad is Pastor Larry. Um, He's the head pastor of this church that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, he is the one who cuts my paychecks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know anything else you can think of. I'm a youth leader, newly youth leader. Yeah, you are. Very happy to be a youth leader. Had a lot of fun at the all-nighter, and I'm excited to talk on this podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. It's, uh, you know, I've kind of seen you grow up a little bit, because I came to this church in 2014, and at that time, you were like, what? 2014? Like, <laughs> like 10 no, or 11? I was going to say, like, 9, <laughs> 10 years old. Yeah, I was 10. I was 10. But, uh... So obviously, in my experience, I got to see you grow up, and then a couple times I was your 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 youth leader. Yeah, yeah. I many a time. I you remember the um, the retreat? Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. Like twenty twenty one. Yeah. We got we got some good news coming up for uh, oh for, for, for those youth. So hey, stay tuned to our social media crossroads where I am at Instagram and Facebook. Nice plug. I know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you gotta just take the opportunity and you know plug anything you have. Absolutely. Do you have anything you need to plug? Not at the moment. I mean, you can you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm trying to build that up. Oh right now. shoot! <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn's the next hottest social media platform. I think so. I think it's on the you know, rise. We, we had Facebook, <laughs> we had Instagram, we had Vine, Twitter, TikTok. Next one's LinkedIn. I think so. I think LinkedIn's the next big thing. What do you even have on your LinkedIn, anyways? I have my education and my co-op. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a little devotional for us. Want to hop into that one? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of more relaxed. Just I've recently been trying to get more into like actually reading the Word because I was raised in church, like I said, but. I've never like actually studied the Bible. Mm. Like I I've gone to a private school, so I I've had like religion classes, but I've never yeah. like read every chapter for myself and like really looked into what the Bible says. So I've recently started doing that and in reading Genesis, which is the book I'm I'm working through right now, I'm just gonna go straight through. Sweet. And uh I, I read Genesis 16, and there's a lot of parts of the Bible that you don't really hear in sermons. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, the lineages, there's some cool stuff in them. And this is a story that people probably know, but it just really stood out to me, so I wanted to, like, read through I it. I think at the piggyback of your thought, just, like, some things don't come up in sermons. Yeah. Like, 
I think definitely as people who speak in front of other people mm -hmm. about the Bible, um, I think it's really easy to fall into the, the, the trap of like going to like the, like the well-known verses like your John yeah. 3, 16s, yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11s, mm -hmm. Romans, Rose, like all of those. Which are all great verses. Yeah, yeah they're all great. We're not, we're not downplaying them in yeah. any way. Yeah, for sure. But I think when you read the whole Bible and get the whole context of what's going on at the time, you really see the lessons out of it. Mm -hmm. And you, you see like the heart of God. Like, this is God's word, which I want to know every word of it. I, I forgot where it's written in the Bible, but it says every, you know, every verse is God breathed. Mm -hmm. like God yeah, breathed yeah. into mm -hmm. the writers. He wrote, in, breathed into uh, Moses, who wrote Genesis. Yeah. And pretty mm -hmm. much, I think, the first four or five, yeah, Bible, of four or five books in the Bible, until obviously Joshua comes along, and yeah. then mm -hmm. we get all the major prophets, minor prophets. Mm -hmm. And then New Testament. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, to each of those people who wrote down these things, probably on papyrus or stone or yeah. whatever. Yeah, not paper. That's for sure. Definitely not paper. Like, especially when it comes to something like this that, you know, especially in Genesis, because it goes back to the beginning of, you know, creation, which... Which is crazy. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, I don't know when that was, because God's timing is a little different than ours. There's no one knows when it was. But. Yeah. That's also the beauty of God, because mm -hmm. I, I think it's beautiful when we don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, if we had all the answers, why would we need God then if we knew everything already? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, at least for me, that brings, like, that awe of God. Mm -hmm. Going like, wow, God, you have shown me so much in your word, in creation, through my own experiences. But then to know there's even more yeah. beyond that, I think yeah. that's really, it's mind-blowing, mm -hmm. but it also just puts me in, like, reverential awe. Which, yeah, you should fear God, which is, it's just, like, yeah. it, he's it, amazing and, like, so much higher than we could ever imagine. Yeah, and it's not a fear that's, like, scary fear. No, it's, like, reverent, like, honor and praise like, man, God, you are so much bigger than I am. Yeah, and you still love me so much. Right? And that's kind of what I'll get into in a second. It, it was it was crazy. I, I have a, it's just kind of like a, a sequence of events that just really spoke to me, and it was recent, but we'll get into that in a second. Want to start? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to pray us out. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's pray. Yeah, that's let's a good pray. idea. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that we live in a time where we can record so something like this, that it could impact people across the world. I know I've seen impacts through, through what we've posted on Instagram from like California to Arkansas to across the country and potentially even across the world. That Lord, you have made, made us for a time just as this. So God, give us the words to say that could impact the most people that it would just draw them closer to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just guide us in our conversation, and Lord, let it just be a open, relaxed place where we can talk about you and about the different aspects of you as we live our lives here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so as I said, I was reading through Genesis, and you get the creation story, which is just like a beautiful, like, poetic, like, 
watching God work, which is just amazing. And then obviously the fall, and then Noah. Good job, Adam and Eve. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. good going, Adam. Yeah. W- w- way to be clutch there, guys. Could have had everything, and then yeah, ate a fruit. Unfortunately, it doesn't even say what fruit it was. It doesn't. It just Most people fruit. assume it's an apple, but there's no way to actually like. It doesn't say that in the Bible, but I but, mean. But did it taste good? That's my question. That's a good question. I don't know. I know it. It must. Put your theories of what the fruit was in the chat below. <laughs> yeah, let us know. I, I bet you it was like a pomegranate or something. A pomegranate, dude. I love pomegranates. I haven't had a lot of pomegranates. <laughs> no, no, I feel guilty for eating pomegranates. Are they good? <laughs> oh, they're delicious, dude. I might have to try some pomegranates after this. Anyway, so that's so off topic, but um. That's what that's what we do here is we go off topic. <laughs> so, Noah, flood, and then it starts going into like all the people that led to eventually lead to Jesus and his, like, Israelites, like his people. And so we're going through, and we get Abraham, and Abraham and Sarai, Abram, technically still, Abram and Sarai. And I got to Hagar and Ishmael, which is, like, God promised Abram that he would give him a, a child, and he would be a father of many nations, which is the Israelites. But Sarah was old, and she's like, there's no shot. I'm getting pregnant. There's no way. Yeah, that, 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 that train has left the station. Yes, exactly. So she's like, that's not going to happen. Maybe God means that you should have a child with my servant, like, for me. Yeah. So we get to Genesis 16, and that's where we are. So, Let me just pull it up on my yeah, yeah, digital sure. Bible. I'm in NIV, by the way, Ooh. if you want to follow. So, some people yeah. think that's controversial. I heard one time I went to a, a like a fall retreat, like mm-hmm. a young adult's fall retreat. I heard someone joke that's the non-inspired version. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I, I know. That's 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 a real hot take, and I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, here, here's the thing. It's kind of funny in the moment, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I started, um, like, one of those Bible plans where it's, like, read through the Bible, chapter of day on the Bible. I, I've done that, too. I was doing it in ESV. I still am doing it in ESV. And then I, when I bought this Bible, I was like, I want to try and do two versions just yeah. to see. I don't think there's very many differences. And I can, I can talk about, like, the footnotes and all the stuff in here. It's crazy to see, like, it'll talk about, like, the different, like, hold on. Let me find one. So this is kind of off topic as well, but um, in Genesis 10, 23, there's a footnote because it says the sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Asher. I don't know how to say these word, uh, names, but we're going to just keep going through genealogy right now. Uh, not good <laughs> genealogy, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. So they name these the sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. And then there's a footnote, and it says, See Septuagint and First Chronicles 117, Hebrew Mash. So there's, like, super, super small differences between these translations. Like, not translations. I think they're just, like, continue, not continuations either. Um, basically, they would, like, copy the Bible Interpretations? down. Interpretations? No, it's, it's like when they, were, when they were... So Moses writes his words. Yeah. And then people take his words, and they write them again, just like making copies, because they didn't have copy machines back then. 
It would be weird if they did. It would. But all, I think it's manuscripts. All these manuscripts, there's like these super, super small differences. And they'll put footnotes in the Bible and yeah. show like, oh, this is what this version, this manuscript said, and this is what this manuscript said. Yeah. And they're so close that they can point out those differences, and they're so small of differences that they can point them out, and it yeah. doesn't, like, change the Bible. Yeah. It's just, like, you can tell that it's actually what Moses wrote yeah. because we have so many copies of what he wrote, yeah. and they all line up so well. If I, I know I've written a note about this in a sermon, but, like, mm-hmm. if you've taken all the English translations... Mm-hmm. That we have, so we're talking NIV, ESV, KJV, mm-hmm. NKJV. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, the message, um, the one I made up, BLT, the British Living <laughs> Translation, because I want to be silly. Um, but anyways, like all the actual English mm-hmm. translations, not just stupid acronyms that I've made. Yeah. All of them have a 99.9% accuracy rate. Mm-hmm. from those original manuscripts that we found. And yeah, and then the Dead Sea Scrolls, like all of those manuscripts yeah. like matched everything. So it's yeah. just, you know you're reading God's word. Yeah, and even like, like, if you ever play the game where like you whisper something and you whisper it to someone else. Yeah, telephone. Yeah, you telephone, like you whisper something to somebody else. And then as you go, like as longer the line goes, mm-hmm. the more like lost in translation it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an accuracy of 99.9, that... It's impressive. Yeah. Uh, out of human logic and human ability, that's just, just about impossible. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, God knew... This is God's word. It's just so yeah. comforting. God wanted us to have a a guidebook of mm-hmm. what he said about life. Mm-hmm. And through the experiences that he witnessed as humanity propagated and separated yeah. and warred against each other and had peace with each other. Mm-hmm. So that we, 2,000 years later, mm-hmm. ish. Probably even more because... Yeah, because a, a lot This is Old Testament This stuff. is Old, Old Testament. Yeah. Like, God knew we would need these words here in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's almost like God knows what he's doing. Almost like that. What I, a concept. I definitely think he does know what he's doing. What a concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very comforting to know, like, I don't know. I just... It, it's the same words that, like, King David, re- like, read. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same words that the disciples read and taught. And that Jesus read and taught and, like... Oh, it's just, it's incredible. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize I had that thought until we started talking about it, but like, whoa, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. God is just so good, but, so, anyway, I don't know how we, oh, I said this is the NIV version, so we'll get into Genesis 16 now. So, I'm going to just read through it real quick, the whole chapter, and then I'll talk about the part that really stood out to, to me. So, uh, Genesis 16, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. How odd. Yes, like, that's it's just strange. An odd situation. No, it's super weird. It's super weird, and I don't know. I 
I want to know the history too, because like going back in that time, it was normal to have like, you go to the dad of the person that you want to like marry. Yeah. And the dad will tell you, okay, yeah, you can have my daughter or no. And if he gives you his daughter, normally he would give like a servant with the daughter. Yeah, the help. Yes, which is just crazy. Like, it's different than I think the slaves of like what we think of slavery, which was yeah. terrible. I think it was more like, like they were the servant and they were treated really well. Like they had their food and yeah. place it, to it, live. It's almost that as they were seen as like almost like a family member in a way. Yes. To yes. Where, to where you know when I say that, it makes that whole scenario just seem even weirder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it does. But it's just it, interesting. Back in that time period, this was. I, I don't know if it was normal, but like you see it even with like Jacob when Jacob marries Leah and yeah. ha- uh, Hannah, I believe it was Hannah. Yes, they both had their servants, and then that's why Jacob has like a bunch of kids, like the twelve. The anyway, yeah. But so Hagar is her servant, and she gives her to Abram, which is kind of weird, but They're really weird. But anyway, so that this is what happens. So when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Now, this is interesting because it just shows the sinful nature of humans. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's like, here, Abram, take my servant and have a kid with her. I want you to do this. And then he does it, and she gets mad at him. <laughs> and it's like, it's like what? <laughs> hey, Abram, can you, can you do this so we can have a kid? And then five, five minutes later, it's like, why are you having a kid with this lady? Yeah, it's it's just so, like, it's so, like, human. And it it even shows, like, the goodness of God in sin because what happens later once I get to it is just, like, it shows God cares about you no matter what, even if you are sinful. And he works through yeah. sinful things. Even if you are wrong, God's love never changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being, I love science. Like mm-hmm. I love, you know, many different ways. Mostly meteorology, like mm-hmm. weather stuff. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, even with any sort of forecast, like it can change like a day, two days, three days ahead of yeah. that forecasted day. And it's like life. Everything can change in life. Mm-hmm. You think you could be so like set mm-hmm. and have a constant, but like something will happen and it changes entirely. Mm-hmm. But God is the only constant. I, when I was younger, um, I was about 17 at the time, um, my house, my uh, trailer at the time I was living in was struck by lightning and then yeah. caught on fire. Like, I never expected that to happen. Yeah, that's a, Like, I thought that was yeah. just like, oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to live here and then move out and my parents are going to live here and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then everything changed past that point. Yeah. But... Even in that situation, even having to go through, you know, moving to a new house and moving into a new community Mm -hmm. and just understanding what the heck just happened, Mm -hmm. um, I just saw the goodness of God. Yeah, God's still there. Like, that was the start of summer vacation for me. Oh, that's the worst start ever. So, I'm like, this is going to be the worst (laughs) summer ever. It turned into, like, the best summer ever, and that's God's goodness. Yeah. It's God setting different things into place. Mm So that when you go into a situation, a really bad situation like that, or whatever it may look like in your lives, God has 
blessed you with these ingredients to end up making it something really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The goodness of God is just, we live in a sinful world, and that's not, God didn't put us here. He put us in a perfect world, and Mm -hmm. we screwed it up. But he's still so good that he works through the pain and suffering of us. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yes. So, anyway, Sarah gets mad. And she's like, Then Sarah said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. So, it's just, I don't know, it's so, like, crazy, because this is just, like, so clearly wrong. Like, there's a reason yeah. why God wouldn't have said, hey, just use Hagar, my ser- your servant, as the way to get a family. Yeah, God never spoke in the situation. That was, that was all Abram's human. and Sar- yeah. Sarai's decision. Yes, and it went so wrong. And then, uh, God just still works. So, okay. So this is what Abram responds with. He says, your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So Sarah, okay, so like we said, the, sl- the servants or slaves were treated pretty well. Yeah. She gives her to her husband. They have a kid. And then Sarah's like, wow, I hate this. So she just starts like, make it like just treating her terribly i don't know i imagine it like almost like a like bullying and like teasing her and like making fun of her um you know i there's a term i she messed around and then she found out Mm -hmm. yeah like she was like oh just yeah here just just take hagar Uh uh-huh it'll be great it'll be fine it'll be the best (laughs) and then it's (laughs) and then like 20 minutes later she's like this is the worst decision I have ever made in my life. Which it's, it's so like, it's so like, um, it strikes you because that happens all the time, even yeah. now. Like, there's so many decisions I wish I could take back that I can't. Yeah, me and, too. And like, it's so dumb. Like, I'll, I'll tell a story. This is a Oh, here story. we go. I, this, so, I'm buckled into this one. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. I'm warning you now. Here, I'll tell it so that no one that's watching this does this. So, or you may have already done it. So I was hanging out with some friends and we were doing like this like little dare game. And I'm sure my friends are watching this, so hi guys. But <laughs> anyway, so they're we're probably, doing- They're probably laughing at you, you know, because you know, they are. know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah, so we're doing this dare game. And have you ever heard of the cinnamon challenge? Yeah, yeah. Horrible, horrible idea. I don't do, especially if you have like asthma like me. That's such a bad idea. You can literally die. Like literally, People I almost have actually died. died doing People the have challenge. died. So I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I'll preface it with that. So I got dared to do the cinnamon challenge. I was like, that doesn't even seem bad. Like cinnamon tastes good. Yeah. What could go so wrong? Everything. <laughs> yes. Everything can go wrong. But I didn't think it through. So um, my friend puts a little on the spoon. And he's like, okay, here it is. And I'm like, that's it? Because he put, like, a little. And I was like, that's it? Like, that doesn't seem bad at all. So he, like, dumped a bunch. Josh. Yes. It's so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. So there's a bunch on the spoon. I'm like, this can't be that bad. I'll just, like, choke it down. Everything will be fine. 
So I put it in my mouth. And then you literally choked. <laughs> I literally choked. I could not breathe. Dude. I, I was like, I put it in, and like it immediately like clumped in the back of my throat. Nice. And I was just like... <clears throat> And then I started just coughing, coughing, and trying to get it out, and it wouldn't come out. And then all I could say was, I can't breathe. And then my friend was like, here, quick, come to the sink. So I went to the kitchen sink, and, like, you know, like, those, like, nozzles that you can take off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took it and sprayed it in the back of my throat to, like, wash the clumps out. Yeah. And then I, I could breathe again, but it was such a it, bad it's idea. It's scary when you're in a moment like that. It is. It's scary, and... You, you got to think through those kind of decisions because they're just so bad. And, like, this uh, Sarai was a little – it's it's even almost worse of the decision yeah. that she made. But it's just you got to think through your decisions, I, and we are human, I, and we're not perfect. I think the dumbest decision I ever made uh-huh. was – if you don't know this, I played hockey when I was younger. I played roller uh-huh. hockey as a goaltender. Uh-huh. Um, especially, like, in, like, kind of, like, house leagues and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of coaches who – like coach like school teams and whatnot. Um, I ended up coming on to a Roman Middle School in their roller hockey team because mm-hmm. they their goalie went down with an injury, mm-hmm. and my coach was like, "Hey, we need a goalie." So I'm like, mm-hmm. "Absolutely, I'll I'll absolutely take more ice time." Uh-huh. Um, so it's like the second or third game I'm playing with them, and you know, as a goalie, you want to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I oh, thought it'd be oh. a great idea to not wear a. Uh, a cup oh, to protect no. certain areas oh, of, your, no. of the male, you know, <laughs> of me. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's that's not good. <laughs> so generally, when I do my warm ups, I just get in the net and just, you know, get, you know, take some shots, like, uh-huh. yeah, just to get my eye together, get my body together, just kind of mm. get ready for the moment. Yeah. Um, one one of my teammates takes a shot, and it looks like it's gonna hit me here if I stay standing up. So mm-hmm. I stay standing up. Uh huh. Because I'm thinking it's just going to hit me the chest protector, and I just yeah. catch it. Um, it. It didn't hit me in the chest. Oh, no. It, in fact, dipped. It, oh, it, it looked no. like a, like, if you ever watch baseball, have you seen a, like, if you've seen a curveball? Yeah. It just goes like this. Yeah. It just dives <laughs> to the ground. Oh, no. He shot a curveball at me, and it hit me straight in the no-no zone. That is not a fun time. Um, I remember I got up. Skated a few strides and then collapsed on the yeah. ground. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in pain from warm-ups to the beginning of the second period. That's terrible. But to be fair, I did have a shutout going through the first. So there maybe, you go. Maybe that, that was the strategy to make me a better goaltender was just... Play through the pain. Play through the pain. That's, that's terrible. But, you know, I think it, you, know, you may not have stupid decisions like taking the cinema challenge or not, you know, wearing proper protection in a high-impact sport, but... You know, we all make bad decisions yeah. in some way, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. we make stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, we can identify that and feel the pain of that, mm-hmm. but then God gives us so much grace through it. And yes, and the, the worst decisions I've made are the best learning lessons I've ever had. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I would not be the man I am today at 28 years, recently 28 years old. Uh-huh. You know, I would not be who I am mm-hmm. without having to learn from my mistakes, without having to feeling the weight of my own mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, the, the biggest times of learning for me and the biggest times of growth mm-hmm. have been those moments where I have, you know, really messed up. Mm-hmm. And oh. God still works. And God it. still works. It's, it's crazy, crazy, man. It is. It's crazy. So, anyway, that's some fun stories. But back to the Bible. So, Sarai... 
is mad. She mistreats her. She's fleeing, okay? So this is, this is where God steps in, and it's just so beautiful. So the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. So Hagar runs. The angel of the Lord comes. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Now, that's good in itself because in this time, like having a good line of descendants, like it's almost like your last name being passed down, like was super important. That, that was everything. Like, it was everything. Like you did not want your family name being extinguished from the world because mm-hmm. it's almost like you never existed in the first place. Yeah, so that's a huge blessing in itself. And then it continues. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son, which would carry on the name, which is a blessing. You shall call, you shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your, of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Literally, the name Ishmael mm-hmm. mean, means God hears. Yes, which, oh, it's just so, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. So, so she, this, this is the part that it just struck me so much when I read it. She gave his, this name to the Lord who spoke to her. So she, God speaks to her, and this is what she says. You are the God who sees me. And when I read that, it was just, oh, my gosh. Like, in the pain and in the hurt and in all the sin, God still sees her. Yeah. And God is so, like, amazing and big and reverent and, like, we should, like, fear God because he's so amazing, but yet he still comes to us in our lowliest places and sees us, and it's just so amazing. The crazy thing is, like, God is never distant, Mm -hmm. and God's never not working in your life. Yeah, and it can feel like it sometimes. It can feel like it sometimes, but you got to remember, like, God always is with you, and God always sees you, and it's just oh, it's so beautiful. I believe, I, I forgot when it was, but Pastor Guy shared a sermon on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And one of his points near his, the end of his sermon really stood out to me mm-hmm. was God is doing a hundred different things in your life mm-hmm. when you maybe notice one or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know when I've had to really stop and take inventory on myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was really focused on those one or two things, but God was working so much mm-hmm. in me. Yeah. Um, it's actually really beautiful that we're doing it now. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yesterday, um, that would be March 24th for people in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- th- there's been some thoughts that I might have ADHD. Mm. And uh, yesterday I took a test. Okay. And I don't even need the results to know that, like, I knew in some way I had it. I didn't realize how bad it was. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially on the drive home, I was really like, oh, my gosh, it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, like, God, where are you in this situation? Because I, I just don't understand how I never noticed this for 28 years of my life. Yeah. Um, then later on in that day, as I just kind of 
processed, I had a dinner with uh, my girlfriend, Sarah, by the way. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> I love you. Um, I had dinner with uh, Sarah and Pastor Larry, your dad. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I shared, you know, what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Larry's known me since I was, like, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And seen me grow through all the things I've been through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, he just told me, like, Tyler, this could be such an amazing opportunity for you to grow even more than you already have. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen you grow. I've seen you definitely grow because of Sarah, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you're looking for a relationship or in a relationship, like, if you're not constantly striving to be better for mm-hmm. them so that you can love them in the best way you can, mm-hmm. like, if you're not doing, if you're not putting in the work, it's not going to last long. And even if you're single, you can still put it, like, I know even now I'm praying for my future girlfriend and future wife, and, like, you've got to find the right one, and God will lead you to that right person. Yeah. So be patient, pray, prepare even now for that person, but and, and, when you find her. You know, it's, it's really funny. Like, at the point I met Sarah, mm-hmm. I was at a point where I was perfectly content mm-hmm. with being single. Yes. Like, I, I was praying, you know, for whoever that may have been, been that may have been at the time. Yeah. But I know that it was just like, you know what, God, I've seen how good you are. Mm. So I'm just going to love you. And then whenever that may happen, you know, let that happen. But exactly. Lord, I am perfectly content with you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sarah came in the last week of 2020. Wow. And like, I, I, I saw her and my first thought was, She's just an after Christmas visitor. I'll probably never see her again. Mm-hmm. Like God, like has that happen? Some sometimes those unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I said, "Oh, I'll probably never see her again." And then God, you know, being God and making us in her image, has a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, so then she just started coming <laughs> time and time and time again. I realized, man, she's actually really cute. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. We've almost been dating for uh, two years. And Don't God will me. bring that right person to you. You just got to be oh, patient. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not going to be in your timing. No. I, I'm no. sorry to say, it's just not going to be in that right, in, in your timing. Because, like, for me, like, I like having things now. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just a byproduct of just the times we live in where we have, like, Amazon Every, Prime. And yeah. Like, and even waiting a couple of days. Like, I cracked my Apple Watch the other day, and I ordered a new one, and it's, it's like a week. But that still feels like such a long it feel, time. It feels forever. Yeah. Yeah, but we yeah we do we want things now fast food, Instagram reels, TikTok, yeah. all those things are like instant delivery. But the beautiful thing is, in the waiting, you end up really getting perspective on what's really important. Mm-hmm. You get perspective on who you are. Mm-hmm. Be- so like when that right person comes or that right career opportunity comes up, you're prepared for it mm-hmm. because like. If I had prayed and then Sarah just materialized right there in front of me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been ready to be the boyfriend and, you never know, potentially husband. We're praying. We're hoping. <laughs> we just need more money before we could do that. Yeah. Um, you know, prepare me to be the boyfriend that she would need me to be in the season that we're in. Mm-hmm. Like, because if, if it had happened years ago, I would not have been not ready. mature enough or even ready to really understand the weight of that because I think I was just desiring that 
I was designing that closeness. Yeah. I was designing that the intimacy and that understanding of who I am. Which is a natural thing. Yeah. But God already understood me to the deepest extent. Like, Sarah's never going to fully understand me. No one's going to ever fully understand even me. Even I don't understand me. Yeah. Even I don't understand me. Sometimes I do stuff and I'm like, why did you do that, dude? Yeah. 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 There's so many, like, I don't know. It's so, God is just so amazing and, like, everything is so complex and like there's some emotions that I feel that I don't even understand but God knows like what I am going through and what I'm feeling yeah I don't know uh, going back to the to uh Genesis 16 yes just seeing how like how God shows up because like ha- ha- Haggai just literally just runs away or yeah it was Hagger my bad yeah you know, you know, Hagger yeah. You know, Hagar runs away in probably, like, the darkest moment of her life because she's mm-hmm. probably been with Sarai for years at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she knows her. Yeah, very, she's very... probably been with her since birth. Yeah. Like, these servants were, like, the the dad would give them with the daughter. So they yeah. were there before even Abram was Sarai's. Like, before Sarai even married Abram, her servant Hagar was probably with her. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably the darkest moment in her life. She's just... She's in the desert alone. Desert pregnant. alone. Alone, you, pregnant, in the desert. <laughs> I've been in the desert before out in uh, southern Utah. Mm-hmm. It is overbearing how hot it is. Yes, yeah. And then when it gets, like, like night... It's cold. It's freezing yeah. cold. Yeah. Like, it, it's, like, one of the most, like, hostile places to live as a Absolutely. person. Absolutely. So, like... Hagger is like one of the worst situations you could be in, and it's not even like today where we have like phones like, and yeah, a flash or like shoot up a flare yeah. or whatever. Even she, even she, means of like survival. And there's probably not people around because this is the world wasn't super populated, so like yeah. the chances of her finding another place to go were probably pretty slim. Yeah, like you know, in in this lowest moment an angel of the Lord shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not like, you know, it always blows my mind in the Old Testament how, like, an angel of the Lord will just kind of appear Mm -hmm. and then people just have, like, a normal conversation with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know if I were to see, like, an angel, and if you want to see someone weird, search up biblically accurate angels. Yeah. Like, Like, seeing something like a biblically accurate angel appear to you and say, Hi, I'm an angel of the Lord. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, buddy. Well, here's the thing, though. There, a lot of the time when these angels would show up, it would be in, a, like, a human form. Yeah. Like, what you think about, like, when Abraham um, and his, uh, I think his nephew, or Lot. I want to say it's nephew. Anyway. Don't, don't quote me on that. So, Lot's living in um, Sodom and Gomorrah and it's going to get destroyed and the angel of the Lord comes to Abraham but when the Bible describes it it's just three men Yeah. and these three men go and try to save Lot and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah are so corrupt that they like want to do things to these men that should not be done let's put it that way family friendly version but like the angels I don't know how we don't know how the angel showed up to Hagar in this moment, but it's going to be in a way that's, like, comforting to her because God knows where she's at and knows her heart. Yeah. And then mm. if if an angel needs to show up in a powerful way, they will. 
Yes. Because they are. They're, they're powerful, but not nearly as powerful as God. Yeah. So mm. it, it is crazy that, like, because there are, there, there's times in the Bible when fear is struck from angels showing up. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, we, I think a, lo- a lot of, like, modern, like, worship music is, like, about the love of God. And, you know, I love it. Like, I love, mm-hmm. like, contemporary Christian music. But, yeah. like, sometimes we just get stuck in that topic a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you really read the Bible, like, there are, like, a lot of emotions going on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you read the book of Psalms, which I highly recommend, that's one of my favorite books. Other Very than, like, pretty. Beautiful book. Yeah, other than, like, maybe, like, Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the letters that were into the churches at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of angry psalms. Yes. Like, th- there's a yes. lot of psalms that say that, that David or whatever psalmist is writing saying, mm-hmm. like, God, yes. this is not good. Mm-hmm. Please take a step into it. Yes. Like, yes, God is a God of love, and he loves you with such an everlasting love. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his full power, um, you know, I one of my favorite songs, it's by a band called My Epic, and it's called Hail. Okay. Um, it's a really heavy song, so if you like heavy songs, really check it out. But one of the lyrics in the song is, all things are just words you chose to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, we are just spoken out from God's mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, from dust, the you know, from, from we came from dust and we'll return to dust one yeah. day. Like, understanding how powerful God is mm-hmm. in all, like, he created everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of times... At least for me, especially when I was really early in my faith, I thought like God has so many different, you know, so many more things to deal with than just little old me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you know, God is so big that He still comes into my personal life mm-hmm. and still speaks to me in a way that makes sense, mm-hmm. in a way that speaks to my inner being. Yes, in a way that shows love to you and how you need it. Yes, but like if you see the whole like the whole picture of God like it's well God's so powerful yeah he showed himself to I think it was Moses when he's getting the Ten Commandments and he could only look at his back yeah and he's like blinded by the and the backside of God he has to cover himself up even after that after he comes down because he has seen the glory of the Lord he's glowing right he's glowing like they yeah. have to put a veil on his face just to even like look at him which is just crazy like God is so powerful and strong I mean, and like Almighty God. The, the ark they had to carry. It yeah. had, to be, had to be behind, like, what, two different curtains. And whenever they were carrying it, if it if someone touched it, they'd immediately die. Yeah, just drop dead on the spot. If anyone goes in and, like, sees the full ark, mm-hmm. they drop dead on, like, on sight. Like, they had to tie a rope to the, like, to the priests. Because if yeah. they were not holy, yeah. they dropped dead on the spot, and then they had to pull them out to avoid any mm-hmm. other casualties. Yes, so God is so mighty and powerful, and yet he still sees Hagar, and he still sees you, mm-hmm. and that's that's just the most amazing thing. And that, that's really the true message of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, because you look at a lot, a lot of other religions, it's you have to do these certain things yeah. mm-hmm. to reach another higher power, whether it be you know a deity or like Nirvana or mm-hmm. not not the band, but like the actual like place, not the band. Yeah, like moving up and the like. Like moving up. There's, the, yeah, the, a lot of the worldviews. Every worldview besides Christianity, I'm pretty sure, everything is works based. Yes. You do something, and then that means that you get something. Yes. It's like 
you do this, you get this reward. But in Christianity and with God, God is so powerful. He does the thing for you and then gives it to you as a gift. Yeah, like God came down to us, mm -hmm. created us in his own image, mm -hmm. realized that, you know, we make mistakes yeah. and that we live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Yet he loves us so much that he sacrifices his own son. Which is, yeah, that's just His crazy. own son. Uh, any fathers out there, like, think about how much you love your son. Mm -hmm. Then imagine having to sacrifice your own son mm -hmm. so that the entirety of humanity can be saved. Mm -hmm. But God did that because he loves us so very much. Mm -hmm. And then he's given us basically the guidebook of life right there. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in physical form, we can actually hold it so that we can still be in relationship with him just like it was in the Garden of Eden. Because if the Garden of Eden says anything about God, God's nature, it's that he loves us. Mm -hmm. And if God's nature is never changing, what does that say about God's love for us today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's just amazing. It's, it's so beautiful. And th the best part is we haven't even gotten to my favorite part of this chapter. We haven't? We have not. Yo, we, we're, we're, going, we're going for it today, We're man. close, but we're not there. So... I, verse 13 is when she says, you are the God who sees me, and I just love that so much. Mm. I highlighted it, and I wrote, God sees me. Because it's, I was, I was, I'll, I'll, I'll get into this story a little bit. So I was going through a pretty hard time recently, like when I got this Bible. I was, I was going through a hard time, and it was, it was pretty recent. And uh, I was worshiping on Sunday, and I was just broken at the altar. I was crying, and I was just hurting, and I felt like God didn't see me. Like, I felt so unloved, and I, I just, I felt, like, in, in so much pain. And I've realized through that, this, this weird thought, God works in such strange ways, but this weird thought popped into my head, because Jacob Thomas was playing the piano, and um, I was like, it would be like crazy if Jacob like got off the piano just to pray for me. Like, I I don't know why that thought came into my head. Looking back, I kind of do now, but I just thought that. And then he literally paused what he was doing and came down to pray for me. And I just, and you prayed for me too. And I just I felt the love of God and I felt seen and like I God saw me the whole time, but like He'll show you He sees you. And it's just, it's so beautiful. He'll come to you in your worst, your worst moments and your, in your biggest painful moment. And he'll see you and love you the way you need to be loved. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. And then I read this and I was like, oh, oh God, you're just so good. You know, I had a similar, similar experience when I was in youth group. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I didn't go to youth group here. I went to a church called Community Christian Church, which... By the way, shout out Pastor Chris, you know, Phil Smith, the guys you teach me so much at a point where I was like not knowing of God. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're, you know, Pastor Chris, Phil, you're one of the, some of the, some of the people who have changed my life. And I just am eternally grateful for you guys. But, uh, you know, I was going to uh, Community Christian Church at their youth group. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of like self-esteem issues and like, yeah. a lot of doubts I, I in myself. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was like 16, like yeah. I was really in it. And I remember I had left a, you know, youth service had ended and we were kind of just hanging out. And then the young adults group comes in immediately afterwards. Mm. Um, man, this, this woman 
um, who I didn't know at the time, just random, yeah. ra- random young adult just comes up to me and just starts praying for me in just such a powerful way. Yeah. You know, just saying like, oh, he, God loves you so much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he has such uh-huh. a great plan for your mm-hmm. life. And like, she got done praying. And then like, I, I like kind of opened my eyes and then she's like, she apparently had like disappeared off to like, either in the sanctuary or somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. I would end up meeting her later. Her name's Lisa. But uh, at that moment, I'm just like, wow, was like, God, was that you? Because, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden, she's, like, gone. She's never told me her name at that point. I'm just like, who was that? Mm-hmm. And, man, why is this so powerful right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, God uses, like, like, average people to further his kingdom. Yes, absolutely. Like, if you look mm-hmm. at the, the disciples... All of them were like fishermen, mm-hmm. tax collectors, yep. <laughs> like like the common man. Yeah, it's like it's like you're just pulling like a bunch of like, I guess a modern day equivalent would be like, at least here in Michigan, a, a bunch of factory workers, a bank teller, mm-hmm. and like like a retail worker. I don't know. Yeah, just like, like average people. I've, it's crazy because in the Bible, you look at these stories and they just like you got to realize these people were not like anything super special in comparison Absolutely to you. not. Like they were all human, they all made mistakes as we saw, but God is so good and gracious and he still is that he comes into the moment of sin and painfulness and and just pulls them out and loves them and it's the same like he uses people to do further his kingdom even though we are sinful and he did it in the Bible. He did it with Abraham, he yeah. did it with all these Old Testament, and then the disciples, like you mentioned. Yeah, these people were not like I don't know. Sometimes it's easy to think like, oh, I'll never be used by God because all these people were so much better than me, but they weren't. They're just human. Yeah, and God still uses them, used them, and He will use you. I mean, I mean, think about it this way: like, if God didn't use average people, mm-hmm. the church would not have spread out as far as it did. Uh huh. Because, you know, at, at the time, you know, when the letters being written, like, cr- like Christianity was seen as almost like a fringe religion. Yeah. Or, or like, maybe they thought of it like a cult, too, because, like, it just didn't make sense to, the, like, to the Roman Empire because they had, like, they're polytheistic. Yeah. Um, so they just saw this as kind of a fringe religion. Yeah. At first, and then they saw, saw it as a threat, so they start, began persecuting Christians. Absolutely, yeah. But, like, if God didn't use average people to further, you know— the fledgling church at the time. Yeah. Like, we would not know Christianity as it is today. Mm-hmm. But God used average people to spread his gospel throughout, you know, their their world, you know, the Mediterranean. And to this world, too. Like, yeah. Oh, it's look, look, like, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, you know, God calls us to, you know, go out to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're basing it off of them, we're the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I, I, the I United heard, States you're talking about? Yeah, like, or just North America, because that, like... It was undiscovered. It they was undiscovered. It was, <laughs> it was totally, like, <laughs> that no one knew it existed. But, you know, I heard uh, Dave Borowski. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dave. Uh, he said it this way, like, your Judea is, like, you know, like, your church family. Like, reaching your church family. Samaria is going out into your local community. Mm-hmm. You know, share the gospel. And yeah. then the ends of the earth... Where you go, as, you know, 
as far as wide as you can go, uh-huh. as much as God calls you to, uh-huh. you know, proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with people just like at the airport. Yeah. When I when I'd fly out to Utah a lot to uh, film snowboarding, mm-hmm. I'd always bring my Bible with me. One because it's a lot more productive than looking at Instagram on my phone. Yeah, which I'm, which I'm really guilty of. Way more productive. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I would read and read, mm-hmm. and it would literally spark conversations like, "Oh my God, is that a Bible?" Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, you know, we, we start talking faith and whatnot, or even in school, like. I think one of the coolest opportunities I have, you know, right now I work as a school photographer with Life Touch. Uh-huh. Um, so in my backpack, I always pack my Bible with me mm-hmm. because sometimes you get like uh, like breaks or you get like a lunch break of like half an hour, hour or whatever. But like having that moment to really connect with God in like a place where there's no other distractions because I could get easily distracted. Yeah. Um, where there's no other distractions, like. One, it builds me up, and two, it opens the door mm-hmm. for conversation to start. And again, you know, I start this podcast by saying one of the greatest blessings that God gives us is the ability to converse. Yeah, yeah. And another thing with that is, like, it's always, you think of it like it's so scary to, like, I could never be, like, one of those people that goes up and, like, talks to people and be like, oh, do you know Jesus? But you don't have to. You, you can show the love of Jesus through, first through your actions. Like you yeah. can, you can love people even if they don't deserve it, because that is God's love. Mm. But also, like what you're saying, like reading the Bible, people will come up to you if you, if you're different because you love Jesus. People will ask you about it, and that makes it so much easier. You don't have to go up and be like, "Oh, do you know Jesus?" People will come up to you and be like, "Why are you different? Why Why are you reading the Bible? Why?" And yeah. you can share, and it makes it so much easier. It's, it doesn't have to be scary. Especially nowadays, uh-huh. because, like, church attendance has really dropped off. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's below half at this point. I think it's, like, at 47%. Mm-hmm. Which is very sad. It is very sad. But, like, that makes it that much more unique. Mm-hmm. And it gives it that much more possibility to start productive conversations. Not conversations where it's two sides arguing against each other about yeah. who's right or who's wrong. Because when you argue like that, it just kind of turns into white noise. Yeah, and like, no, no, like there's no progression. No one's gonna, if you're in an argument, you lose if you give it, up. Bo- so no one wants to lose. Well, so both sides lose because you just end up talking over one another, and then yeah, no progress is made. No, mm-hmm. no opportunities for growth comes out of it. Yeah, but like, if it's a conversation where it's just out of curiosity, that's, I think, a really good opportunity for people to grow because it's yeah. like. It's not trying to argue a side, which I think, especially here in 2023, it's really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Just because people have different views on, like, LGBTQ yeah. communities and, you know, different hot-button topics. Like it is super, e- it's super easy. It's to super argue. easy to get into an argument. And I, I, I don't want to, at least in this nation, I don't know what's like in any other nations mm-hmm. for any other, you know, foreign people who are watching this. I don't know what's happening in your country. Mm-hmm. Um but it's really easy to get divided over things. Yeah. And nothing is accomplished with divided sides. Yeah. Like, you know, progress is made through unity. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, we use our ability to converse in a, in a healthy way, in a productive way, saying, 
you know, like, I may not understand where you're coming from, but I know this because I've experienced in my own life that God loves you. Yeah. Like, that, that, that could be the most productive thing you could ever say to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the, the Christian faith is, intellect, it is intellectually backed. Like, yeah. there are, like, apologists, and, like, I listened to this podcast by Abdu Murray. I've, I've seen Shout him speak out, live. Mur- Murray. Abdu Murray, you're incredible. He, he's fire. But um, he argues the Christian faith as, like, in a courtroom. And there are facts to back up, like, why we believe what we believe. Like, the Bible is true. And, like, he goes into, like, eyewitness testimony and how the Gospels, like, show that this is eyewitness testimony. So Jesus did actually rise. Like, there are ways to argue for the Bible because it is true. But you don't have to start an conversation with argument it should be a conversation of love and just like just giving them something to think about and like showing them that they are loved like you don't want to just like start attacking them right off the bat it has to be out of a place of love yeah because like i I think so like i think we ask questions like you know why would god make a word like this and people go like yeah Mm -hmm. and that's the end of the conversation like there's no progression beyond that but like like, if we actually search up the answers to our questions, like, why did God make a world like this? Mm-hmm. And we would research it through, you know, the Bible. It's like, you know, God had the intention of making a perfect world for us because he loved us that much. Mm-hmm. It's just, unfortunately, he, you know, he, free will. He, he gave us free and will. humanity. And, yeah, yeah, we, it's, and he still loved us through our screw-up. Yeah. And his love never changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. God's, God will be the only constant in your life. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is. It's just God loves you so much. And if if you do bring your Bible and stuff and conversation is sparked, don't be afraid of it. Don't be scared. And right. you don't Embrace need to it. attack. You can just love through that conversation. And if there are questions, they can ask you questions and you can answer them. And it can be, like, an intellectual conversation, but it doesn't have to be an argument. Yeah. There's definitely a difference, but still not to my favorite part. <laughs> We're almost to the end. So, so she says, you are the God who sees me, which is just amazing. And then she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Um, there is a footnote there, and it says, so seen could be seen or seen the back of, which I think is a call out to when Moses will eventually see the back of God. Yeah. But anyway, that's not the, the major point. So then we get to verse 14, and it says, that is why the well is called Bir Lahoy Arwai. It is still there between Kadesh and Beret. Now, if you don't read the footnote, that does not mean anything, because who knows what Bir Lahoy Arwai means. Mm. But you read it, and it says, Bir Lahoy Arwai means well of the living one who sees me. And when I saw that, I was just blown away, because it's just, it's so beautiful and I actually made this my background for my phone. Now it's just, it just says Beer Lahoy ROI. Mm. And it reminds me, he's the living one who sees you. He's the God of the universe and he still sees you. And it's just, it just blew me away. And that'd be a good tattoo idea. Yeah, I don't know if I could do a tattoo, but a lot of people can. Yeah. Uh, more power to you, but that would be a pretty that'd sick be, That'd one. be a sick tattoo, dude. Yeah. And also, sorry if I butchered it. I, that's how Alexa says it. I was like, Alexa, read me Genesis sixteen fourteen, and she said, Beer Lahoy, or why? Man, I mess up saying English words. Like, <laughs> it's all right, dude. So, but then 
when I had the Bible app read it, it was a little different. So I don't know which one's right, but it's it's just beautiful. Dear the Hoyer I. Um, I love that. And if you want to make it your background too, that'd be sick. And I'm hoping, this hasn't happened yet, but I'm just hoping, I'll open my phone and someone will see it and ask me about it. And that could even spark a conversation too. So there's Ooh. there's plenty of ways to set that up. You're, you're like sending God an alley-oop. Like you're tossing it exactly. up. He's slam it down. <laughs> I tossed it up. God, just like give me the opportunity. I'll take it. But <laughs> I'll pass you the rock. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that's super cool. And I, I just love that that beautiful it's just a beautiful story and so and then we'll just finish it off real quick it says so Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram gave the name Ishmael which is God hears as you pointed out earlier to the son she had born Abram was 86 years old which is super 86 years old that's that's up there like you're retired for a while at 86 years old like people retire at like 65 yeah that's that's it's probably older than my grandpa's, I think, 70-something. So. Yeah, I believe my grandpa's in his mid-60s. Yeah, so it's it's up there. He was up there. But yeah. anyway, 86 years old. God can still move God can through still anything. Move. And but even young and old. It doesn't have to. It's not because he was 86 he ha- had blessings. You can be blessed as, a, a, I don't know, 14, 15 Imagine having a kid at 86 years old. That is that is like, still crazy, though. Like, at, yeah. the, at that point, like, aging is taking effect. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't keep up with your kid, especially, like, when they get old, like, older because you're getting older. Abram's, like, walking with a cane. Come like, here, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> a 90-year-old trying to chase down a, a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, but it was, God still worked, and I feel like it, it, back in this day, because I don't know how aging worked. We don't know how aging worked back in, in yeah, people time. were living like 800 years old. Yeah, like who knows wh- how that was happening. Like sea turtles. Yeah. Yeah, I right? don't know. Like sea turtles live a long time? They, I think so. Uh, probably. Say, yeah, probably. Tortoises do. I know that. Yeah. Probably the sea turtles got to because if the tortoises are. I don't know. I, I I just thought I heard them like Finding Nemo. That would make sense. That would yeah. make sense. But Not, not yeah. that Finding Nemo is like a, a scientifically accurate thing. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. You could probably learn a couple things from Finding Nemo, but yeah. So I just, just a beautiful story. I learned a few things off of Finding Nemo. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you you definitely could. Like uh, I didn't know like a sea anemone was like where the clownfish went until I watched Finding Nemo. Yeah. There's plenty of things to learn. But there's probably some other things that like not accurate, and then you like learn them, and they're not true. But they're like, don't touch the bottom of a boat, kids. No, don't do that. <laughs> That's how you get kidnapped. That, <laughs> pro- I mean, hopefully not. But like, definitely, that's just an unwise decision. That's another one of those decisions you got to think through before you touch the bottom of a boat. You don't want to get kidnapped. Think it through. You make it sound like if you just touch the bottom of a boat underwater, <laughs> it just kind of just sucks you into the hull of the boat. <laughs> That's probably not what happens, actually. Just opens up and just swallows you. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I'm Reading that through, I just, I don't know. I'm taken away, taken just, I don't know. It's so amazing. God's goodness yeah. is so amazing. And his blessings, and, like, even in my life, like, it. you can be so, like, I don't know. This is the crazy part, too, because God has significantly blessed me. Like, I'm immensely blessed by God. Yeah. And 
when I was in my my moment, I felt like God didn't see me. And I feel like if if it was a human and like, let's say, okay, we'll, we'll make this analogy. So your mom and dad are like giving you all these presents, like they're blessing you. Yeah. And you're, you're like, you go to them and you're like, I feel like you don't love me. That would feel so painful to them and there's no way they would, maybe they would, but more than likely they're probably not going to be like, oh, I'll give you more things. Yeah. Or like, I'll, I'll still like show you that I love you. Yeah. It's going to be more of an angry uh, reaction. But I came to God and was like, you don't see me, even though he's immensely blessed me. And he showed me he does. And he didn't have to. Yeah. He just, he's, he's such an amazing God. And even then, like, God calls you to different things. Mm-hmm. Like, even Moses was like, yo, I'm not a good speaker. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you pick Aaron? Yeah. But God's like, no, nah, I choose you. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I kind of look at myself, like, outside of the church or just, like, living my daily life, like, Man, how the heck am I supposed to be a pastor? Yeah. But then God, you know, we, I think we've all, heard, at least in the church, have heard, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, looking back at my life, I, I, I see all the ways that God prepared me for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, like, it, it makes more sense when you look back at things in hindsight with like kind of like, like with kind of, I guess, your God glasses on? Yeah, it's so much easier to it's look back. It's so much and be easier. Like, like oh, you, that's totally like, God working in my life. Oh, that makes so much sense. Like, I was always good at public speaking. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I was super shy. Uh-huh. But whenever I had to give a presentation in class, yeah, I always killed it. Yeah, because I just had a natural way of speaking in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, God called me to ministry, and then I was like, that makes no sense. Like, why? Why would you use me to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, seventeen-year-old me like. Learned about leadership, um, you know, learned how to public speak, how to write a sermon. Like, that, that, that's one of those precious moments in my, like, young, <laughs> like, like, my young church life mm-hmm. was my youth pastor inviting me to his church, like, not even on, like, a youth night, like, just, mm-hmm. a, like, a random Tuesday or something, mm-hmm. And sat down with me and taught me how to write a sermon. That's crazy. Like, that's really that is cool. such a, that, like, that moment is still super precious to me because it's like, you know, someone was seeing what God was, I've never really wanted what he was going to do in me, even if I didn't believe it just mm-hmm. yet. Because I know after that, like, I used his uh, his two outlines of how to write sermons, mm-hmm. and I wrote outlines for like 20 of them. That's so cool. over the weekend. <laughs> That's so cool. And yeah. this is the funny part. Like, we watch, mo- this is like a weird thing, but we watch movies and, like, they give you all these hints to, like, what's going to happen. Foreshadowing. And, yeah, yeah. And we're like, how the characters are so stupid. How do they not see this coming? But in our own lives, God hints at, like, there's, what there's you're going to. all this foreshadowing that we don't even notice. You don't notice. Like, your, your, your pastor invites you to watch him write sermons, and your thought isn't, like, oh, I might be a pastor someday. Yeah. But looking back like it's pretty obvious like god was kind of setting that up yeah even then like he would do uh student takeover nights uh-huh. whereas like the kids would basically do the inner workings of a night so mm-hmm. you know you had media you had hospitality you had worship and then you had leadership yeah every time 
And it made no sense. I always felt led to that leadership mm-hmm. position. I, you know, I, I knew I had some leadership mm-hmm. potential. I know people listened to me, but like I didn't realize till later on how much God had prepared me and like put in me to be in the position I am today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, God knows what He's doing. Oh, what a concept. Yeah, what a I concept. I say that a lot. That's almost like my catchphrase. God knows what he's doing. And oh, oh, way off topic. But yeah, yeah. Sarah made me a uh, a little thing. It's it's my lock screen on my computer uh-huh. to where it says, what a concept, and it's quoted to me <laughs> and then to God. And, like, I noticed, especially, like, in my early preaching days, yeah. I'd always do this to make a point. Yeah, this the little Italian type deal. The little Italian type <laughs> deal, like when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, is the Lord. What the heck? <laughs> I, I made that up when we were driving around someday. Oh my god! But uh, you know, it's you know, God is just amazing. Yeah, like I, I don't, I will never have the words to describe how amazing He is because He's. Oh, it's just, it's yeah. just. Anyway, that was my like little reading thing that, that was beautiful dude i i just i just hope you know god loves you amen i you can screw up so bad and do so many stupid things and sin so bad and there's nothing god won't do for you mm. or he won't he won't forsake you he won't leave you uh this is i don't know this this image is coming up in my mind and it's kind of a little cheesy but I saw this poster one time, and it was like, it's like the footsteps in the sand. Yeah. And like, whenever, she, she's talking to God, and she's like, whenever I was going through my hardest times, there's only one set of footsteps. Like, why did you leave me in my hardest times? And God's like, that's when I carried you. And Ooh. it's just so beautiful. Because when, when you go through your hard times, it's when you do. I never God heard knows. that. Oh my God! You've never heard that. No, dude, that blows my mind. It's so. It's such a cool thing, cause, like, it is. It's really easy to walk through life when everything's going right. Yeah. But it's really hard when everything's going wrong, and that's when you, you need God. God. God gives you, takes your burden and carries it for His own. Uh, I think. I think. I actually. I. I wrote this verse down, cause. When I was going through that hard time, it spoke to me. Um, oh, we're really going? Yeah, we're really flipping here. Um, so this this is a, a commonly quoted verse, but it highlights that um, that beautiful the walking in the sand. Yeah. Um, so I'll start at uh, Matthew eleven twenty seven. It says, "All things have this is Jesus speaking. It's in red. All things have been committed to me by my Father." No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Jesus speaking to you. and Literally. And when you are going through that heavy, heavy burden, I felt so heavy laden. My heart was so heavy, and I just, all I could do was feel that emotion just bearing down on me. And God took it and carried it himself and gave me his light yoke. And it's just, it's just so beautiful. 
he carries you through those hard times and he's just so good god is good god is good uh i'm just taken away by that we've been going for a while we've though, been going so for a while we've definitely gone like an hour and 20 minutes okay okay we should wrap it up yeah then, we're, gonna ra- we're gonna wrap it up I, I can pray us out and then we can wrap it up um just thank you jesus uh lord we are so taken away by your goodness lord you have blessed us immensely and you continually just call us out of our dark places and into the light of you lord you carry us through our hard times and we're just so thankful for you lord god thank you that you see us thank you that even in our sin and in our mistakes and our screw-ups lord you still love us and you still see us and come to us and help us lord thank you that i was able to have this time with pastor tyler thank you to everyone who was watching please bless the people that have seen this and just thank you jesus you're so good lord god thank you that you are the living god who sees us we love you jesus in your name we pray amen amen well thanks for coming on man that thanks was thanks for having me man that that made me just feel better just now like same same i god just is he's so good he's so good yeah he's amazing but the, the, yeah go go god yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways thank you for watching guys um Thank you, Josh, for coming on. No problem. Uh, Thank we'll you. be back next week with a uh, brand new episode with some special guests. And, uh, it's going to be fun. And you never know. I, I don't even know the guest yet. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it could be anybody. Okay. Well, look forward to next look week. Forward to that. And there's always that awkward moment when Pastor Tyler has to go turn it off. Yep. Here, here we go. Here's, so, me, here's me walking back. Here's what I'm going to say. I'll read you my favorite verse in the Bible. Um, it's Psalm 3.3. I'm almost back there. You might want to hurry up. Okay. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. God is your shield. He protects you. He loves you. And he has a plan for you. And he loves you so much. Amen. Amen. See you next week.